I'm Noah Farley, and I'm here speaking today with Lynn Landon, who's giving this week's BYU-Idaho devotional. Thank you for meeting with me today. My first question is, so you're the online hiring manager for BYU-Idaho. Can you tell us what that's like? Yes, um, we do really wonderful work over here in online employment and scheduling. Our team hires online instructors for BYU-Idaho, for BYU Pathway Worldwide, and Ensign College. And we hire from 30 approved states in the United States. We're also starting new contractor arrangements with instructors from the Philippines. And they teach the online courses for students around the world. So it's busy. It's exciting. There's a lot of innovation and change in the work we do in online and great things in store. So it's really wonderful to be here. The team here is fantastic the best people here trying to do just really good, solid work to support the almost 2,000 instructors, which we employ for these online courses. Wow. And I also read that you enjoy baking. What kind of things do you like to bake? Oh, I like to bake all of the sweets, all of the desserts. So cakes, pies, cookies, cupcakes. I'm kind of known for cupcakes, which is surprising to me because they're actually not my favorite treat to eat, but they are a lot of fun to bake because they're so, you can just be use your imagination and mix and match fillings and toppings and frostings. So a lot of that, um, I just really love the process of baking. I love the science behind it. I like to test new recipes. I read cookbooks. I have cookbooks on my nightstand to read for fun. And I also, I ask my family to rank everything because I like to do new recipes. So I'm always asking my family to rank them from one to 10, which is really helpful to me. And I enjoy their honest feedback, but sometimes it's surprising to guests if I have dinner guests over and my family is ranking the food. It's it's a interesting and sometimes awkward conversations when the guests are there because they want to defend me, I think. But anyway, it's just a lot of fun. It's a fun hobby. It's a way I can be creative with that. And it's also a way for me to express love by giving yummy treats to people. So anything sweet and yummy, I love to bake. And I like to make it fancy too. I like to put all the swirls and whistles and bells on top to make it look beautiful, as as beautiful as it is tasty. That's so cool. Honestly, I'm the exact same way. I like to uh, bake um, sweets and treats and things like that, like uh, French pastry type things too. I don't right. have much experience with uh, savory things, but like you said, making these kinds of sweets is where you get to be creative. I mean, it's artwork, isn't it? Yes, it can be for sure. Um, just some of the beautiful treats, like you mentioned, the French pastries, they are absolutely artwork. The precision that's needed to, for that level is just amazing to me. I love to look at those and admire people who have that skill and work towards it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you currently serve as an ordinance worker in the Rexburg, Idaho Temple. What's your favorite part about serving in that calling? Well, being in the temple is just so peaceful. I would have to say, for me personally, the peace that I felt at the temple from being there on a weekly basis. I love being on the ceiling floor. It's especially peaceful there, being in the different rooms. Um, but watching the patrons come in and do the work is so fulfilling. I I want to do my little small part to help move the work forward to build Zion. And temple work is such an important part of that. So when the patrons come in and they're doing that work and I'm assisting, it's very gratifying experience, especially as the temples reopened after COVID. That was so beautiful. There would, patrons would come in, you know, visibly emotional 
at the opportunity to return to the temple and reminded me of the great work that is being done there. So everything about it is wonderful. But at the end of an evening of working in the temple, because I work in the evenings, the end of an evening, the peace that is there as the work is wrapping up for the night is just very gratifying to be able to, to have that in my life. Beautifully said. Thank you. And as for your devotional, how did you feel at first when you were asked to give the devotional talk? Well, it was surprising. I was surprised. I was overwhelmed. Um, I guess probably worried, too. Like, could I live up to this assignment? Could I do a good job? Could I, I think part of it is, can I express the feelings of my heart in a way that would be meaningful to other people? So probably a lot of insecurities, but the process, working through the process has been very gratifying. Yeah, and can you tell us more about the process that you went through as you prepared for your talk? I think the first thing I did is open an app on my phone and started writing down my thoughts, the promptings that I received. Lots and lots of prayer, scripture study, fasting. I like to walk, um, especially early in the mornings. And I did receive the assignment in, in June, the end of June, beginning of July. And so the weather was still nice. So it was, I spent a lot of early mornings walking around my quiet neighborhood listening to conference addresses, other people's devotionals, getting thoughts and promptings of what I would want to share. And I recorded everything, everything, all day long, all evening, all of the time, just recorded everything. And then it came time to start writing it. And I did write almost everything that I had put down, but I had way too much material, easily twice as long as it could have been. And then started just editing and asking for guidance of what would be meaningful and what's impactful, what's most important to share, cutting and removing things that were actually important to me, but that I didn't feel were the most impactful for the audience, for the students and employees at BYU-Idaho. And um, so just really starting to cut and, and trying to be open for additional knowledge. So the interesting thing is that there were things that I wrote in the first draft that I felt were important and they led to different thoughts, if that makes sense. So they kind of morphed into different thoughts. And those secondary thoughts are in the address, but the initial was I removed. So it almost felt like they were a bridge to get me to where I needed to be in the final version. And then still, you know, lots of prayer and fasting to feel, to feel peaceful about this offering that I have. Wonderful. I've spoken to a lot of uh, devotional speakers, and I find that a lot of them have the, like the same pattern where first they get asked to give the talk and step one of course is panic and feelings of overwhelm <laughs> but then they always say that at some point down the line as they're preparing they feel like they have all this great stuff that they want to talk about but then they feel that the spirit is prompting them to cut things out or add things that the audience or the listeners really need to hear so yeah as a student mm-hmm. here at BYU Idaho I really appreciate the example that you guys set listening to the promptings of the spirit and going along with that. Yeah, I think it's a humbling experience because you don't feel, I didn't feel up to the task and so really needed to humble myself and turn to the Lord and ask for his guidance and help. And by being humble and reaching out to him, he keeps his promises. He will fill in the lack that I have and that others have when we turn to him. I think that's just a testament of the way he works and the promises he's given. Absolutely. And one of my favorite parts of your talk was how you quoted um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, which say, 
Beloved, think it not strange the concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing had happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And my question for you is, what does it mean to you to be a partaker of Christ's sufferings? You know, that word partaker is interesting to me because it normally would mean, you know, joining together with somebody and almost feels like the Savior's joining with us to lift our sufferings. And then he turns around and invites us to partake of his sufferings. We partake of the sacrament to remind us of that. And it's just such a beautiful, humbling opportunity to pause and think about what the Savior did for us already, the gift the Savior has already offered for us, and then extending it to us. And we can choose to partake of it or not. And I, I'm just humbled by it. I, I love the hymn, I Stand All Amazed. And I think that's what comes to mind as I think of this scripture. Just, I'm amazed at the gift he offers to each one of us to lift our burdens, to help us to repent, to come to him, to come to our Heavenly Father, to be like them. It's a beautiful gift and we get to choose to partake of it. It's just very full of love, full of love and gratitude for the Savior and His goodness. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And my last question is, what do you hope listeners take away from your talk? I would want them to take away hope. I believe that through all sorts of situations that we each go through, both personally and collectively, we live lives that sometimes might make us fearful as we look to the future. And I love people of the you know previous generations. I love looking at their life stories and seeing the situations that they navigated with grace and courage, sometimes failed and then came back and were able to overcome. And I hope that the listeners from this devotional are reminded of that, that we have resources, we have strength within ourselves. I love the Elder Holland quote in the devotional that he gave to BYU Pathway Worldwide students, employees in 2018 about the legions of the angels that are here to help, but most importantly, the Savior, the Savior's atonement that can lift our burdens. And so as we look to the future, if we have trepidation or anxiety or fear for that, I hope that they walk away with hope and increase faith in the Savior and His goodness. Not to say that that's not going to be hard. Like those challenges are hard and they're going to be hard. And that's part of the plan. But that if we have someone on our side who we know can lift and help, how grateful, how grateful we can be for that and move forward with confidence. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Well, thank you for meeting with me. I've been grateful for this opportunity.